Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 342. And today, man, oh, man, I've got an epic show for you. I am so excited to share this with you. And let me just give you a little bit of the backstory. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Noah Kagan. Noah Kagan is a very, very smart guy. I've seen him around the internet for, well, probably the past five to six years myself personally. Um, he runs a company called AppSumo. He's the founder of that. Um, and uh, he's got a lot of uh, really cool tools there, but he's got a great history as far as just being an entrepreneur. And uh, when I had the chance to get him on the show, I was pretty excited because being able to talk to someone that has been through many, many businesses and some successful and some not successful and kind of how to reverse engineer what he's done and the mindset. I mean, he's a seven figure, almost eight figure business right now. So when I get a chance to sit down and just kind of have a chat with someone like this, I get really excited. And the cool thing is, is I had no idea the direction that this was going to go. I just said, you know what, let's hop on. These are a couple things I want to make sure that we cover because I want to give value to my audience. And that's exactly what we did. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a backstory on Noah if you don't know him. He was one of Facebook's first hires, the 30th employee of Facebook. That's right. 30th employee. And he said, even on the podcast interview that I did with him, that if he was to stay he would be worth about $250 million right now. And he was kind of like, eh, you know, it kind of it kind of hurt to hear that. But uh, yeah, that's reality. Uh, he's still doing pretty good. Um, he was also the creator of a top Facebook game before getting kicked off. And he'll talk about that. He's also, like I said, the creator of AppSumo, which uh, is a pretty large company right now. Like I said, almost eight-figure business. At least the time of recording this, he told me it was just about eight figures. So pretty cool stuff. And I'm able to pick his brain. And like I said, we just sat down, more or less had a cup of coffee together and just chatted. And in the beginning, I wanted to talk all about like how to pick physical products. He's done some case studies. He did he did a really cool case study with beef jerky. And uh, and it's really, it's kind of funny. It was kind of like a 24-hour challenge that he was challenged to basically make $1,000 in 24 hours. And, uh, and he documented the whole process. And we're going to talk all about that. And he's got a couple other experiments, actually how he was creating, and he still is, he's working on a gum uh, that you chew. Uh, so he's going to talk about that. But he talks about minimal viable product. And that's what I think I took away the most here was here's someone that you would look at from afar and go, man, that guy's made it. And he has made it to a certain, you know, I guess person's expectations. But to him, the first thing he said to me, and you'll hear it was kind of like, I'm just, I'm happy right now. I'm excited, but I'm also asking myself, when is the problem going to happen? Or when is the day not going to be so good? Because there's always struggles and problems, no matter what level of business you're at. And the other cool thing is, it's just, he's a humble guy. He's a great guy. Awesome to talk to. And you're going to see, it was like him and I just had a casual conversation talking over that cup of coffee and being able to peer into, you know, someone that's very, very successful and been through so many different business models. And he knows a thing or two about running business and minimal viable products and all that stuff. So if you guys want to download the show notes, the transcripts, or get any of the links that we talk about, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 342. Oh, and the other thing is I actually recorded the video of us talking back and forth. 
And I did that just because him and I were face to face in this interview and we had a pretty good connection. I don't always do that because I save on the bandwidth and stuff as far as like keeping it smooth. But him and I decided to go face to face and I recorded it. So I'm going to actually post that as well on the show notes page. So if you want to actually see us talking, you can do that and uh, you can find it on the show notes page. This is epic, guys. I'm telling you, you're going to want to do that. Uh, again, he's just got so many stories and so many things that we dig into. And it was funny because he kind of he kind of pointed it back to me a lot of times. He's like, well, Scott, tell me a little bit more about that. I'm curious. Why did this happen to you? And why do you think that that mattered? And so he started to kind of kind of turn the tables a little bit and interview me a little bit. And uh, it was it was it was cool. It was really a lot of fun. So I'm excited for you guys to listen. So I'm going to stop talking. It did go longer than I expected, but I promise you it's going to be huge amounts of value and uh, you guys are going to get a ton from it. I do believe so. So sit back, relax, enjoy this conversation, this casual conversation that I had with my good friend, Mr. Noah Kagan. Enjoy. Well, hey, Noah, what's up, man? Thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing excellent today. I'm in a great mood. Yeah, you said that you were in a great mood, and you said you said something very interesting. And someone that's very successful, in my eyes, looking at you, you're like, you know, I asked myself a question, though, and I said to myself, how long is it going to last? So things don't always go as planned, Noah? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was supposed to have hair, but I started balding at 30. I was like, no, 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 stay there. I don't, don't go anywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. That's part uh, of life. And I think it's like, how do we respond to the these things? And it's it's like we have to take responsibility for our lives. No, yeah, I yeah, I agree hundred percent. I thought that was funny that you said that because I think a lot of people they they talk about that too. They're like, you know, you get to a certain level and you think that you've made it, but at that point you're always like, Okay, what's next? Um, so I, I think it's interesting to to kind of pick people's brains and see kind of where they're at in their journey and then say, Well, you made it there, now what? Now what do you do? Um, so there's always like things I think that you want to grow and I think Tony Robbins says it like if you're not growing, you're dying. And I, I do believe in that for sure. Um, yeah. So, OK. So what I wanted to really I mean, we got a ton we could talk about with you. I mean, we can go in a whole bunch of different directions, but really to make this, uh, you know, really valuable for my audience. I wanted to really talk about some of the things that you've done uh, in the physical product space and, you know, coming up with product ideas. And I know that you're a big fan of like minimal viable products and, and how to kind of do like, like a really a lean startup and stuff. Um, so I really want to dig into that. But before we do do that, could you tell us a little bit about you? I want to hear a little bit about you and let people know that don't know you maybe uh, a quick little uh, background of as far as like where you come from and, and kind of how you got to where you are today. Totally. It's, it's always funny if you ever ask someone to tell me your story. And I, it's actually one of the, my new favorite questions to do in person. I say, can you tell me a snapshot of your life? Yeah. And I've actually found that to be like a really nice question to just learn. And it, what's actually been really interesting about that is what people choose to share. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think your <laughs> listeners probably want to hear the business side. They don't want to hear my dating history. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That could be interesting. That could be interesting. Possibly. It could be a, a follow up <laughs> episode. No. So uh, born and raised in San Jose, California. My father's an immigrant from Israel. Didn't speak English. Uh, he actually sold carpets. That was like his oh, uh, wow. thing. And then he sold carpets and copiers. So I, I was always like trailing him around as a little kid. He would go to these like uh, stores. He would like give him meat. And, he, and then he would be like, hey, or he'd go to uh, businesses, give him meat and be like, hey, do you guys need copier stuff? And I was always like, oh, this entrepreneurship thing seems kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Graduated Berkeley. Didn't do shit at Intel. I just like hung out there. Uh, ended up being one of the first people at Facebook. Uh, just totally lucky. Like I just submitted a resume and I, you know, I was building websites and running businesses. Like I... Uh, you know, one thing that I've noticed, I just finished this book, Steve Martin's biography, you know, Steve Martin. Yeah. 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 
So one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of the people who are successful have been doing it for a long time. Mm. Like, so Steve Martin started doing comedy at 16 and it, he didn't actually get famous till 30. And wow. so I think one of the things I've noticed just about myself and other people, it's like, I actually started building websites at like 17 mm. and now I'm 35. Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of us want that, those results immediately. And I'm like, how am I not rich in six months? And I'm like, yeah. dude, I've been doing this 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, rich is still relative, but, uh, you know, it, it takes a long time to get where you want to go. That's uh, so true, man. That is so well, true. We want it right away. And it yeah. takes, you know, we're impatient, you know, yeah, you gotta be persistent with it. So yeah. Uh, short stories. I was always selling, like I started a discount card business called Ninja card. I started oh, nice. a Craig college Craigslist called college up. Um, I did all these different businesses and I got the job at Facebook doing product management. Uh, yeah. And then I went to, I did all the marketing at mint.com. I got fired at Facebook, went to mint.com, quit there. I started a business doing Facebook games. Uh, yeah. And then after that ended up getting actually sued by our competitor and banned by Facebook. Oh gosh. Uh, which, uh, that was actually on the same day. You want to talk about a bad day? Holy like we were cow. A lot of money. Like that company, we were generating like 30 million a year in revenue. And I think wow. profit was about 10% profit margin. Wow. And then, uh, on the same day, Facebook banned us and you can Google it. Gambit gets banned. And then our, our largest competitors sued us, which is like very different. I've never had that happen, but that is actually a sign of success. I've, I've realized when you get oh, sued, wow. uh, either you're a scumbag or you're very <laughs> successful. Uh, it's generally not, in <laughs> you don't really sue the poor. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know that, if I want to look forward to that though. I don't want to look forward to getting sued and say that I'm successful, I guess. Right. Well, I just <laughs> talked to a famous author that everyone knows. And he was like, yeah, man, I was like, I, you're rich, aren't you? He's like, dude, I just got some lawsuits. Cause people, you know, if you, the bigger you're become a bigger target. And he's like, yeah, I spent like a million on legal fees. And I was like, it's, it's not something he's really going to put out. Uh, yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I realized like, so I did this, you know, the Facebook games and then we did Facebook payments for games and that's when we got sued and banned. And it was a very big realization about what kind of company I wanted to run. And I wanted to run a company that people needed, mm. right? Like a payments company, people, it was a nice to have, and it was somewhat of a commodity. And, right. I, and I worry about this for a lot of businesses where like you have a product and it's like anyone could have that product and just put the, the a different sticker on it. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your advantage? Like, mm. what is something that is differentiated about you that people are going to need to have you, right? Yeah. Is it a brand thing? Is it a pricing? Is it like a distributor thing? And so I said, the next business I start, I want people kissing. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds bad, mm -hmm. but when I was doing payments company, I literally was like begging for business. I'd have to, I would like do whatever people wanted. I would do all nights of work, like, and we'd get the business, but it was like, and then they would kick us out. They'd be like, oh, thanks for your payments company. All right, you're gone. And mm. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, we're a competitor offered 1% better terms. I'm going to go to them. And yeah, so I was like, go. I want to create a business that people are going to have to have. So that's where I started AppSumo, where I recognize that everyone needs help with marketing. Mm -hmm. And if I have customers and I could bring them customers, they're going to need me. Right. So if I could go to companies and be like, hey, give me your product at a deal. And then I can bring those deals to people like everyone wins. And then the cust that, that company is actually be like, dude, can I use your business? Can I please get on AppSumo? Uh, and so AppSumo started seven years ago and now it's, you know, it's just almost eight figure business. It's crazy. I can't believe wow. it's doing so well. Wow, and I've actually, awesome. I'm not even in, and I, I'm not bragging that I'm not involved. It's just that we hired this guy, Eamon, and he's hired a team and these guys are just amazing. And I can talk about maybe some of those elements. And then from out of AppSumo, which is the Groupon for Geek business, our newsletter daily deal business, out of that, we created sumo.com. Uh, which is our marketing tools. So all the marketing tools we built at AppSumo, uh, we basically were like, these tools are really good and we could probably sell them. And, was, and then Chad was like, yeah, let's just go do that. And I was like, 
So I, I think the point there, one of the best takeaways that I've learned is that like, how can you make the byproduct of your business a business? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that was yeah. one where the byproduct of just running our business became a business. Uh, and then so Chad runs sumo.com and now I spend my time on the like Noah Kagan presents podcast or like on okdork.com, which is my marketing blog. Yeah, so that's what I, I, about today. I don't know if that was too long. Or, no, no, that was great. And actually, we could probably do a whole another episode digging into all of those details. But uh, maybe we'll have to have you back on for that because I'd be interested to hear that, you know, a little bit more of the ins and the outs, because I think a lot of times people don't see how things lead to where you are today. Right. There's so many twists and turns. And I mean, on, my, on episode 300 of, of, you know, our podcast here, I go through my story of, you know, when I was 18 years old, a construction worker and how I worked for my father and then how I got to where I am. Like all these different things happened wow. because of something that I started and then that led me to that next thing. And then I seen an opportunity and then I would pivot a little bit and then I'd go to that direction. And then it allowed me to reach more people. And then I was able to network with more people. And that person led me to someone else. And then that door appeared. And then it was like, do I go through it? Yeah, let's go through it. And then it's just, it's crazy on how those, how those things happen. And I think it's, it's really cool to hear your story that, you know, here's someone, like you said, like one of the, one of the first, what, what were you, were you a 30th employee? I think I read yeah, that. I yeah. The, 30th. Yeah. The 30th employee, so on Facebook, I, which I'd is crazy worth like $200 million, which is pretty crazy to like actually yeah. think about how much that is. Like one of the guys who was like 20th, he's, he's building a hotel by himself in Austin. Jeez. And I was like, I live in a, you know, 700 square foot condo, which is great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but it, it's not, it's just been interesting, man. It's like your life. I think what the few of the things that I've noticed is that bad things are going to happen to everybody. Yeah. And, and it's just how you choose to do deal with it afterwards. That makes all the difference. Yeah. And you could yeah. choose to be like, I'm going to blame this person for my business. I'm going to blame this partner. I'm going to blame. No, it's like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And, uh, and it, cause bad things I'm sure happen to you. I mean, you're a construction oh, worker that, yep. you know, like, I'm sure you've had some tough times. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and the thing that I learned in that business back then when my I was in business with my father who had a partner, the partnership is what I, I learned the lesson of not being in a partnership, especially in the beginning that if you didn't have the same beliefs or the same, you know, m mission or whatever, um, it wasn't going to work. Um, totally. and, and so I learned a lot about that at a young age. And it really it also made me, I guess, a little I guess a little hard to want to partner with someone else. And recently I have been partnering with, with other physical product brands now, which has been really awesome. But there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, thought going into those before I would enter into, into that arena again, because I know if it's not a good marriage, it's not going to work and you well, got to so have your own strengths. You know, one, one thing I'm curious about for you, how did you make that transition? Cause I noticed for myself lately, like I have certain beliefs and I'm like, I don't know if I want to ch challenge that. So how did you mm. go from no partner to like, all right, let me actually explore this. Yeah, well, okay, it's it was it's been several years uh, since that happened. I'm 44 years old, so it's been a lot of a lot of different things that have happened. And for me, um, it's happened recently because for me, like I got started. Amazon's really what what allowed me to see the physical product side of things. I was doing a little bit on the side, but my wife and I were, were photographers and stuff too. Ran our own photography business, but from there, we wanted to sell some physical products as another revenue stream. And um, and then Amazon kind of showed me that I could do that without having to spend a lot of time because I didn't have a lot of time. Um, but then I said, OK, I've got this podcast, which I started again. That was just a thing that was like, eh, let's see if this thing, you know, let's see what happens here. And then I go ahead and do it. And the thing blows up. And I'm like, now what do I do? Like, I've got, you know, an audience and people want things from me and they want, you know, to learn and and all that. But then it became the the idea of, OK, how do I how do I still continue to grow businesses um, 
without or with having limited amount of time and having a family and wanting to still spend time with them. So the only way for me is to, I know it's like you said before we got started, you're like, you really, you, know, you should know the business. Like you should know how to do the aspects of the business. Not that you have to do them all the time, but you should understand totally. how to do those. So I know how to do all the different pieces, but I don't need to do all the pieces now. So now it's about finding that partner that can do all those pieces. And then I can just be maybe the marketing driver behind it, or maybe the creative thinker or something like that, that I really enjoy doing to push the business forward. So it, to me, it came to the point where I had to do it or I wasn't going to be able to stay in this when I'm still, I feel like I still need to be in it because number one, I want to build businesses, but I'm also teaching how to do it. So I want to be in the mix, right? I want to still my hands in it. Yeah. You want to stay sharp. You want to stay sharp. Exactly. I mean, how did you validate or trust the partner that you um, chose? Because like, I'm sure you've, you've said no to some, and then the ones you said yeah. yes to, what was the difference? Yeah, I think it was the skill set and also that I built a relationship up first. So I knew their morals. I knew what they were about. It wasn't just about land grabbing, you know, money. And it wasn't, it was more about like, I knew they were on the same page as I was. And also that we didn't have the same skill set. So if we were both the same drivers, then it's like, you're going to butt heads. But if you're, you're able to kind of separate that and say, okay, you're going to be the one that kind of like, maybe, maybe I'm the one that, you know, finances it. And then maybe I'm able to then be the creative, but then you're going to basically establish the products and you're going to be able to establish, you know, maybe you're going to be the front person of the business and I'm not, maybe you're going to be the, uh, the one that's demonstrating the products or creating the, the following or the brand, um, and all that stuff. So that's really where it came for me. It just, it made sense, but it took time to be able to have that trust. Cause like you said, I get, you, you do, I'm sure as well. It's like, you get a lot of offers and it's like, you know, you're totally. like, man, I could launch a new business every day if I wanted to, but um, I also don't want to do it, you know, you know, half-heartedly. I want to be able to put everything I got into it. But yeah, it's it was a struggle. And I it was again one of those things that I felt like I need to do it in order to grow. So well, I've I thought about growth, and I think growth can only happen in two ways, which is either people or technology. If you're really mm. trying to scale a business, you either need more people or you need better technology. Yeah. Um it's interesting because I've had two different business partnerships, like major ones. Yeah. And in my in the Facebook games company, which became the payments company I was mentioning earlier, uh, I hired people and then they were like, hey, we're going to quit because I basically I moved to Argentina and I was just like chilling. I literally yeah. was like doing tango and drinking wine <laughs> and like nice. Uh, and I was like having like a quarter life crisis. It was like a good a yeah. real quarter life yeah, crisis. Yeah. And, um, you know, Tim Ferriss was hanging out with me down there. We were just like chilling. That's pretty my, cool. It was great, man. And like yeah. the two people I was working with were like, dude, either you quit or get back to work. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what I was going to wanted to do. And I felt uncertain. I was scared. So I was like, all right, I'll just go back to work. That's it was kind of safer. And yeah, I don't yeah. know if I, I think I regret that a little bit. Never thought about that. Uh, yeah, I think I regret that because I really just wanted to get in like a little Fiat and drive around and camp South America. I thought that'd be cool. <laughs> that would have been but, cool. So I went back to work and I love these guys as people. But what I realized as partners is that it was like a three headed dog where each of mm. us had our own direction. And I just had a lot of resentment. Mm. Right. And so I decided that when I started AppSumo, I was like, I want to do it alone. And um, I, I think as you've done it, it's like, hey, build a relationship with someone and then you can, you know, talk about the partnership with them. It was like, all right, you know, you guys are employees and now you're gonna be partners. And uh, we didn't have that communication. But with my, you know, with AppSumo, I started it and I hired a guy who actually was my customer before. Oh, nice. And I think that's a great way for hiring. Look at your customers. Totally. They already like you. I don't yeah. think people think about that enough. Like at Sumo, yeah. we always look for our customers uh, to hire and um, or people we've worked with in our referrals. Sure. And sure. so with that, I had Chad, who was my customer, and he was amazing. He was a customer who used to do coding for my business. Oh, wow. Okay. He'd be like, hey, I want this feature. I coded it for you. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so I actually hired him as a consultant to come do work with me on with AppSumo. 
Okay. And then uh, after working with them for a while, I was like, dude, we're a great partnership. Like I'm kind of like the, I don't want to say the jobs, but I'm like the businessy guy, like sales, marketing, public, and you're like the tech, stable, reliable, like uh, smart one. Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, we, yeah. And, and we've just had a, an unbelievable relationship. And like, you know, I've had times where I've had like, not crisis, but like moments where I'm just not motivated to work. And so like I took a month off to walk around India. Wow. And I remember the day I went to chat and I was like, dude, I'm losing it. And, uh, I need to go to India. I don't know why I thought that was the answer. <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, I was talking to someone at a conference and they're like, dude, India is the answer for you with your depression. And I was Aww. like, okay, I'm going to India. So I grew a beard out. I went to India. But before that I went to Chad, my partner. And I knew, this is how I know that I'm going to work with him forever is, uh, I went to him and I was like, Hey, I think I need to go to India and walk around and not work for a month. And he's like, I think that sounds like a great idea for you. Like you need to do what you need to take care of. Wow. And I just felt yeah, like a lot great. of other partners. Yeah. He's like, yeah. go for it. Yeah. And uh, I just remember at that moment realizing like, that's the kind of, that's a partnership. Like that's who I want my wife to be. That's who I want my mm. friendships to be. And, and my business partner to be where like, he's actually like genuinely cares about my interests, mm. not just like we make money and like all that. It's like, Hey, I want you to go take care of yourself. And that's how we also want to treat people we work with too. But that was like the clear moment. I'm like, okay, this is a partnership. This is what a partner looks like. Yeah, no, that's, it's huge. And it, it is, it's, it's, it's scary in some aspects until you really feel like you trust that person. But I think, like you said, you start to know that person before you partner. I think that's the big one, right? It's like you, you have to know the person and, uh, it sounds like you did. Um, it, well, what was funny, he actually way. quit, he quit after working with, when I hired him as a consultant on the, on Absumo, he actually quit after three months. Oh, wow. Um, because we never worked full time together and uh, the details are, are not as interesting as that we just didn't communicate. Okay. And so I went back to him. I called my advisor. He's like, dude, go get him back. And I was like, okay, sorry. So I called Chad back and I was <laughs> like, dude, what's happening? And he's like, well, we're not talking and you're, you're just giving me more and more work. And I think what happens with like physical product people or like business people that work with technical people is that they kind of just like throw it over the wall and then like expect it to come back perfect. Mm. And so the three things that we implemented, um, literally seven years ago, and we're still doing it to this day. One, we talk every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 AM. Nice. So it's, we've never changed that mm -hmm. because we weren't communicating enough Two, we at, you know, we have real time chat. So that's kind of common now, but back then mm -hmm. Skype was a thing, but he wouldn't be online. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're not online. You're not working. He's like, well, I work. If you want me to be online and distracted, then I'll get online. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, Oh, I yeah. want to see you in the office. I want to see your screen name lit. I want to, I'm like, he's yeah. like, do you want me to work? Or do you want to see my screen name? He's like, I'll yeah. just pay someone to do it. And the third thing, actually, this was really interesting. And this, this is something that was surprising for me is that I think sometimes when you have like an employee at a point or a teammate, as I like to call them, you just give them tasks mm. and you're like, do this and do this and do this. And so I kept giving him more tasks without actually being like, let him finish it. Not instead mm. of adding new ones on. And subsequently, I also didn't tell him what I was doing. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, you go over there and get to work, monkey. And then yeah. I'm just going to sit here and eat bananas. And then I was like, it's kind of unfair if I'm telling him to do all these things and he doesn't know what the hell I'm doing all day. And that, and that those were kind of the things we adjusted then. And, you know, I think one thing that you said, Scott, which is really strong, one, we identified that like all success takes time. But I think the other thing that, and you said it really well, is that it takes iteration. Mm. So like how we started the business is not how we run it today. It's because like we keep learning and improving. And I think most businesses that fail, they're like, mm. well, it's just kind of how we've always done things. And I'm like, well, it's not that you have to change your business. It's just like keep looking for a thing once a week to improve and just keep iterating. So like how we do our meetings has changed dramatically and how mm -hmm. Chad and I work together, you know, it keeps improving because every week we try to do things that make it better. 
I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things though. We we want that that instant gratification of like like success. Ugh. You know, but it's like if you just if you stay the race. I I don't know if you read the book, The Compound Effect, Darren Hardy. I mean, it's a great book. It's all about stacking on those those little little improvements, like compounding over time, and it just makes such a huge difference. But it's like weight loss, right? It's like if you think about okay, I I worked out for seven days and I didn't see the results. I'm quitting. But if you do it for 30 days, you're probably going to start to see some results. And then probably 60 days, you're probably going to see results. But you got to you got to stick to the plan. And it's it's in business. It's in life. It's, it's huge. You Dude, know? Preach it, brother. Someone my friend Taylor Pearson, uh, he said a great quote to me. It stuck with me. It's it says plan for the goals, but build with the habits. Yeah, there you go. Because yeah. like I've been on, yeah. I, I didn't drink for a while and I was exercising a lot. This is what I've been doing this year. And I didn't lose weight. And I mm. was like, well, my goal was to have like a certain type of body. Um, my plan was to have a certain type of body, but my habit was like, my habits were good. And I just was like, not seeing the result, but I stuck with it. Mm. And then after the 30 days, as you exactly said, like I planned for my goals, but I built with my habits and I was doing mm. the right habits and eventually it hit the goal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's huge. something I'm trying to get better at. Cause I've noticed for myself, I'll have a goal. Like Noah, you want to get like, we have a company goal and we always have one goal, just one mm -hmm. goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, or like my podcast, I have like a single goal and mm -hmm. sometimes I've struggled where I get to my goal and I'm like, like we've hit our goal in October instead of December. And I'm like, well, I guess November and December were taken off. Yeah, <laughs> like right. literally, right. No, I'm serious. Like, we're like, what do we do now? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't plan for this part. Like I only planned that like the movies ends at this, at this hour. <laughs> but I think if we built, if you focus on just building habits, like, Hey, I know these every week we do these activities yeah. and these lead us to grow the business. And that will, you know, supersede the goal at some point where like, you can just keep changing your goal. But like, if the habits are strong, mm. uh, you'll always be improving. And, that, and that's something I'm getting, I'm getting better at. Yeah, it's, I think that's you're always getting better at that. I mean, I think if we all said that we figured it out, I mean, we'd be lying. I'm figuring out things every day to, to keep my life, you know, the way I want it to be managed. And I mean, I've got a family, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad of three. Um, you know, I've got a 21-year-old, a 18-year-old, and a 9-year-old. So, wow. you know, I'm, I'm busy, you know, but I it's very Respect, important for dude. Yeah, it's really important for me to stick, you know, stick to the schedule of, you know, I'm going to be at my daughter's volleyball. I'm going to be at my coach, my son, all the way. He's 18. I coached him all the way through Little League, all the way up to the travel baseball. But that was a big thing for me um, to be able to you stick to You look like a baseball coach, by the way. You have like oh, a thank you. Baseball coach. You look, uh, it? There's a, I'm trying to think of the baseball player you look like. Do you well, you know, yeah, well, I did. And the, the ones that everyone oh. used to say, I look like A-Rod. Yeah, yeah. If I'd have my sunglasses, my Oakley's on, I'd look like A-Rod, yeah. they said. Like, and I'm like, really? You see that? You know? Oh, it's funny. But yeah, so I like, mean, how enjoyed has it changed that. You? So like, how have you iterated or changed like how your business and family interact? Because like, I don't have kids and I'm uh, yeah. dating and I finally saw people with kids and I'm like, I don't know how you do that and run a business. Like mm. I, I didn't realize it and how much hard, how I hard think it's, actually I think is. it's really just about being disciplined. You know what I mean? Like with your time, like, you know, you, you, you have to set yourself like a hard cutoff. Like, you know, I think the hardest part with us being entrepreneurs is we could be working all, all day, all, all night. Like we can, we can do that. Um, so for me, it's like right now you and I are recording this. Technically I'm working, uh, air quotes, but you know what I mean? Like, I enjoy this, so it's not really work to me, but um, I don't schedule this stuff, you know, at nighttime or I don't schedule it around dinner time. It's like that stuff, like 
today, let's see today. No. So tomorrow, Wednesday is, uh, you know, it's time to record in this. My daughter's got volleyball. I'm going to volleyball with her. Like there's nothing scheduled in that block of time. So I just schedule everything. Um, I'm very disciplined in the morning. Um, I do my workout, the whole thing, you know, kind of, you know, keep myself, uh, you know, there. And then I just go through my day and I try to theme my days as best as possible. So, you know, like Tuesday, Wednesdays are like podcast stuff. And then the other days are, you know, partner stuff. And, um, so I try to, I try to keep things, I try to stay disciplined, but there's going to come times that, you know, maybe there's a guest that I'm trying to get on and they want to meet at a certain time. I might need to sacrifice to, to, to do that. And it really depends. Sometimes I have, and sometimes I haven't. It's funny. Um, you know, John Lee Dumas yeah. from, uh, you know, EO fire, uh, you know, he's become a good friend of mine now, but when I was first, you know, getting, you know, talking with him, I was like, you know, I'd really like to get on his show. You know, he wants to get on my show. And, um, he literally wanted to get together at a time that I was busy with my family. And I told him, I said, listen, you know, I, I hate to do this to you, but I'm not gonna be able to make it. Like I, it was just, it was that important that I did not miss that event for my kids. And, um, and he totally respected it. And we, we, we figured out another time, but I didn't even bend on that rule. You know what I mean? Like it, it would take a lot for me to bend and, and to miss something that I felt was really valuable. I think once you start settling and compromising certain things, then just you'll like it's addicting or it's like it's it's addicting. and It's easy to just start settling yeah. in other things. You're like, yeah. like I've noticed this in business, like, yeah, that thing's not that good. Or I, I think of it sometimes in, in a more obvious example for everyone. It's like when you see trash on the ground and you yeah. walk around or you're like, yeah, you know, or dish in the sink. Yeah, I'll just get it later. Oh, that yeah. trash on the ground. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. And then you just start accepting it in everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. you have to fight it. You have to yeah. say no. Yeah. And That's so I huge. love that uh, that you did the no sacrifice. Like. It's funny. I sometimes I think uh, it, I think it is a sacrifice. You sacrificed getting your show bigger mm-hmm. for your priority. And it's yeah. like sometimes on a Sunday when it's nice out and I'm like doing some work, I'm like, this is why I get what I want. Yeah. Because I'm willing to sacrifice for it. Yep. And yep. that's not always most it's not always the most fun at that time. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it, you and know, I, you know, I I think there's a balance there, and it's funny because a lot of people. I mean, I'm a fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, in, in you know, but I don't agree with all of his hustle, 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 and no time. You know, you got to build, you got to sacrifice. I get that. If you're young, maybe. Um, but for a guy like me, and and he admits it, like on on Saturday and Sundays, like he doesn't do a lot of social media, so that is his time. But like he said, you you don't see that. You only see me posting all the time during my days and traveling and all this stuff. But it's like you got to have a balance, and you got to see what fits your schedule and what's important to you. Like, and I think the one thing, actually one thing he always says, um, which I really, I do, but I love this is anytime you feel like you're going and you're just like hustling and hustling and you're not enjoying, take a second to imagine that you just got a phone call that your mother was on her deathbed. Like if that doesn't wake you up and say, wait a minute here, (laughs) you know, does that really matter? This thing over here that, you know, so I, I didn't get growth on something, but I've got like, you know, an a few hours with my mother, or I've got a whole, maybe, you know, something, uh, in the future that's going to be three months or a year worth of just like someone going through something really, really bad. And sometimes Mm. that gets you to slow down a little bit. Cause I mean, I can go a hundred miles an hour. I'm a, I'm a, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, but I think it also, my kids have seen that and my kids have also taken on that mindset of, you know what, you got to go out there and you got to work at it and it's not going to come overnight. And, but you know, I think there's gotta be a balance, you know what I mean? Like hustle is hustle. And like you said, on a Sunday afternoon, if it was, if you had kids and you were missing that one thing that you're never going to be able to attend again, that's going to be that sacrifice. Is that important to you? Are your kids going to say to you later, man, I wish my dad would have been there. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's not important to you or someone else, but it's really important to me. Um, and that's what I build everything around. It's lifestyle for me. It's about lifestyle. It's not necessarily about the 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 money that we're going to make is great, but it's going to to afford me to be able to enjoy 
those certain things in my life, you know? So um, just to, just to add sideways to that, I'm not trying to plus one you cause I was, that was epic. The, the one thing I've noticed, and we talked before the show started around, I, it's funny, it feels like everyone missed out on the early part that we didn't record. <laughs> it was, that was the best stuff, by the way, everyone. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, when I was at Facebook and after I got let go and I didn't get that money, I actually went to this like business coach or life coach or therapist, I don't know what, what she calls herself. And she's like, you know, I know you missed the money and all that stuff, but why don't you just make a list of everything you, you would have wanted to buy or that you want to buy now? Like, what mm. do you want to buy now? And so I wrote M3, I don't know why I remember that. Yeah. I wrote House. Uh, I think it was like food and then like traveled somewhere. And, and then, so she's like, and so she said, show me your list. So I showed her the list and she's like, well, on that list right now, is there anything you can't buy? And I was like, no, there's nothing I can't buy. She's yeah. like, okay, so you have everything you want. And I think it's just interesting with, we want to keep working and make more money and do more mm-hmm. of these things. But it's like, I mean, do you have everything you want? Is it towards mm-hmm. like, what, what is it towards? Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, and I think your point is very valid. Is it just to work for work's sake? Cause we want to just feel like we're, we're keeping busy. Mm, yeah. So that was I, just I think an exercise for me. Yeah, no, I think it's a great exercise for a lot of people because, you know, it comes down to the number that you, a lot of times for people, it's really the number that could get them out of their nine to five or, you know, that could allow them to be more spending mm. more time. So it's like, all right, what's that number? And once you find that number, how do you work backwards? I, right? I actually think people should get nine to fives. Yeah. I actually don't think, I think everyone should not be an entrepreneur. Uh, <laughs> I call it, I call it my four P's of why being an entrepreneur sucks yeah, because uh, everyone's like, oh, you're an entrepreneur. And then like, you know, every life just becomes great. I'm like, no, it gets worse. Yeah, right. Like, it, guess what? Some hard moments. Do, yeah, there's always yeah. hard moments. It never gets yeah. easier. Uh, and like the four P's and this is I've thought about it a lot. It's like basically like what everyone wants, whether you run the company or whether you work in the company is the same yeah. exact thing. Right. Like you want to work at a company or, or like yourself run a company because you want to get paid well. So yeah. if I could go work somewhere and get a million dollars a year, I would just take that job. Right. Uh, the second thing is you want to be around great people. Like you want right. great partners yep. or you want great yep. coworkers. Yep. And yep. then and then purpose and pay uh, purpose and product. So I want to have a good purpose and I want to have a product that I like. Yeah. And I think people are too enamored that like oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I get to watch some YouTube videos and then I go hustle all day and then like it's just great. It's like actually it's not bad. But the fifth P, which is what you get mm. when you're an entrepreneur, is problems. Because mm. uh, <laughs> guess what? You're the one responsible for it when you're an yeah. when you're an employee. Yeah. You go home at five, you go home yeah. at six and like the rest of the Punch day is the yours. Clock. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that I don't think being an entrepreneur is great. Like there's good things about running your own sure. show, but like, sure. Just, I think people should think about their four P's purpose, product, paid and people. And if you can get that out of a job, like don't sweat that it's going to be, life will be fixed because you still have to deal with yourself whenever, whatever kind of company you're running or a part of. Yeah. I, I think the purpose thing is, is big for me right now. Like that's changed over the years. Like for me, it was about the money. It was like, how can I get, how can I get, uh, to a place where I don't have to work the nine to five so I could make my own schedule because it was always annoying for me to have to put in time to take off and I get two weeks or three weeks a year. It's like, that's all I get all year long. And then I have to report. So that was like, I felt like I was kind of caged in a sense. And I was also limited on how much I can make. So because of that, I was like, if I want to raise, I got to work my butt off and I might get 3%, maybe. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Or I'd have to work on the side. Right. When in, in construction, I was doing side work. So I'd work my 60 hours and then I'd go you know, build uh, you know, a, a kitchen remodel or I do like a, a, a renovation of some kind, right? To make that extra money. So I was working more and more to try to make that. But over the years now, I think it's more about, it's really becoming, I guess, even more clear these past few years is like purpose. Like, like how many more lives can I help and change and people that don't think they can do it? Cause I'm the perfect example. Never went to college. Um, I used to be ashamed of that. Um, and now I'm like, it's probably been the best lesson because I've learned so much going through that. Um, and, uh, you know, now it's like, how can I, 
how can I help people that don't think that they can actually do it because they don't have that formal education? Um, um, and, and I think that's a big one, you know, for a lot of people. So that's me, me personally, I even told my, to my wife, like not that long ago, I'm like, you know, I honestly, I just want to be able to travel and go. And when I travel, make a stop, talk to people and kind of encourage people and let them know my story and hopefully inspire them to, to just do it themselves. Um, and, and get out there and do it and believe in themselves because they can do it. Anyone can do it. It's just a matter of, like you said, do you want the problems of being an entrepreneur? Or do you want to punch a clock? Because there, and there's problems both sides of the fence. There's problems, right? I mean, you'd agree. Well, you know, I had I had one of the most amazing dinners. Not that the food was amazing, but I met a construction worker about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I and this was like this blew my mind. And I was like, dude, it sucks to be a construction worker, right? I'm like, it's yeah. got to be the worst thing ever. And he's like, I actually think it sucks to be you, Noah. And I was like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you have to go sweat and you have to. It's yeah. cold. And like, yep. I respect the out of construction workers, man. Like yeah. I see these guys in the rain and the cold oh, yeah. and I'm like, I barely want to go outside them. And, yeah. uh, and I thought it was just interesting how much we assume about others. And, uh, mm. what he said though, to me was like, you have control over your, it's like when he's construction worker, he has his mind to himself. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at work, my mind goes to the company and my mind goes to the work. And I never really reflected it on that. He's like, yeah, I have to give the physical, but the mental is all mine. And at, at a desk job, it's actually the opposite, right? There's no mm. physical, but the mental is all theirs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I don't know, it blew my mind to think about that. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's definitely a, a, a pretty cool little insight there. You know? I was just like, it, well, it's amazing how we assume that like someone's job sucks or that, that they must have a crap life. And I, he actually preferred it. The one thing I was curious for you is like, what, do you remember, the, and I'm sure you know this, but mm. were there inflection points or like, what was the catalyst where you were, I'm thinking of like sharing this episode with my cousin and it's yes. like, what were the catalyst points that started, you know, changing your trajectory? Uh, well, it really was, you know, like, cause I was married at a young age. I got married when I was 21. So we had our first kid when I was 22 and then I was working and I thought I was going to own my father's company. That's what I was working towards. Like I thought I was going to build that company with him. We built it to, I think at the time, and this is going back like 20 years ago to, uh, over a $2 million a year business, you know, in, in, you know, back then it was was a pretty good business. And it was only really at the time, it was like four of us when we started it. And then we grew it to, you know, I had about seven or eight crews working for me and stuff, but I got burnt out. I'm like, how am I ever going to be home, you know, enjoying my family? I was working 60 plus hours a week. And you know, if you're invested in that, you know, or vested in the business, like your family business, you're working when other people don't want to work. I'm going to stay till the job gets finished, right? I'm staying till eight o'clock at night. Everybody else said, Hey Scott, it's five o'clock. I'm going home. I'm like, all right, see you later. And then Scott's there finishing it up. So it it motivated me to want to do, but I didn't think I could do anything. No, no, that, that was the problem. I thought, you know, like, what am I going to do? All I do is I, I know how to work with my hands. That's it. That's all I know. I don't know. I, I'm not smart. I can't go out there and, you know, I, and then these were the self doubts that I kept putting in my, in my head. And my wife is really the one that said, Scott, you're smart. You know, you, there's a lot of things that you can do. And then we started on the side just to kind of supplement our income. So I didn't have to go out and do side work was, uh, we started a photography business and, um, we knew nothing about photography. My wife loved it, but she didn't know anything about it. We taught ourselves. And back then they didn't really have a lot of YouTube stuff going on. So red books and digital cameras were just getting introduced. And, um, we built that into a six figure business from scratch. And then I left my job. Yeah. On taking photos for people. Yeah. We did family photography. Yeah. And, How did you and get to your and, first customers. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Well, no, no, I was going to say, so we, we basically went and, um, we, uh, we went to get our daughter's picture taken. We had a bad experience. My, my wife's like, we could do a better job than that. And, uh, so we, we basically put in a, put in a, a, you know, one of the journals or something locally in a paper, you know, maybe 50 bucks, we would take pictures or something just as practice. And we did that. And we started getting a little following and then 
we got so busy that right, I think in July we would fill up for, for the holidays. We would take a waiting list. Wow. And, yeah, so we built that locally, and we were like the local, like you know, a little bit of the the high level. Like we charged more than everybody else, and but people came for us. They came for you know us taking the pictures and us interacting with their kids, and and then we you know we grew that, and then from there we started seeing. I started seeing the opportunity of maybe selling some of our digital templates on eBay, and then we started selling digital templates on eBay with CDs, and grew that into a little little business, and then I started doing digital transfer stuff, and. It just all kind of led because of that moment. But then from there, we started seeing about this. Okay, people are asking us how to do these certain things. So then we started teaching it. And that's where I got introduced to education online is really by that. Hmm. I think, I mean, coming back to the first point, one, you you did it for a while. Yeah. Right. And you kept iterating. You kept noticing what's working and like, all right, it's actually I've been on this big thing about focusing on the essentials, which is just like, how do I do more of what works? And the big and is killing things or removing if you're just yeah. too violent removing things aggressively that are not working mm. and i think we're too way too easy to be like well it seems like it's okay let's just keep it yeah like, here's a stupid one we have instagram uh for sumo and we have a hundred thousand followers yeah. and it gets a bunch of likes yeah. and then we actually try to sell something or we try to like have people go read an article and no one does anything right and i'm like right. why are we spending even two and we're spending two hundred dollars a month now maintaining it i'm like why are we yeah. even spending 200 yeah well i don't know no kill and it's yeah. like the more that you can focus just on the essentials, the more that they're going to work better for you. And I love how you guys just kept like focusing. Yeah. All right, well, they like this. Let me do more of that one. And let's do more of that one. Let's do more of that. And I think that iteration is uh, is very impressive. Well, yeah, it was one of those things too. Like, you know, we got into the video transfer business. Like, you know, people would come to us and they'd go, do you guys know who does any transfers for like old eight millimeter films or, or do a slideshow for a wedding or do a slideshow for an mm. anniversary? And I'm like, oh, but I could probably figure that out. And then I figured it out. And then I started a side business where we had our car lettered up where we were a video transfer extension of our photography business. So now that's, you know, we were d- double dipping in there. And, um, and then I started, I already told the story on the podcast, but I'll briefly tell it again. But we basically, um, I built, I, I bought these, these, uh, old transfers. Uh, basically it was a device that someone made to transfer old films. And I seen how it was built and being a, you know, construction worker, I, I kind of reverse engineered it. And I'm like, this is just an old projector that someone bought from the forties and fifties and sixties. And they just modified it. And, um, I figured out what they did. So I just did that myself and I started selling them on eBay for 900 bucks. And I would build one or two of those a week. So I did about $50,000 in eBay on those little projectors. All because I needed one. No, no, no. Too, too time consuming. And I and I, I just, I graduated from there. I'm just like, but it was a great experience. It also opened up my eyes to eBay. And I'm like, holy crap, like people are buying stuff on eBay, you know? And so, you know, yeah, it's That's just awesome, everything. Man. Everything just kind of has led to, to, you know, the moment of where I'm at. Well, just to share some uh, short story around that is that I think one big takeaway for me, but you talking about that is like start today, right? So yeah. like if you would have said, Hey, I'd be running like a very popular podcast and I'd have all yeah. these big successful Amazon businesses. You'd be like, no, you're like, I just going to go out and take photos of like families. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I think for everyone listening, who's like, I want to be like Scott, or I want a certain type of business or a certain type of life. Like you start something now yeah, and, and you keep working on it and you keep working on the habits and the habits eventually things will keep going, but you have to go and start today. And I think that's where people are like, it's easier just to listen to the podcast up in their earlobes <laughs> and it's easier just to read yeah. a blog post. It's yeah. hard to actually not get the domain. It's hard not to just play business. It's hard to actually go get the customer and start, but that's where you're going to get the results. The the two other things I wanted to add to that, uh, I think it's kind of a similar and just as a good lesson. I was walking around the Arnold bodybuilding classic last oh, okay. year yeah, and I met this random kid. He's like, Hey, you're no Kagan, like cool. And, uh, he's like, He's like, hey, we should hang out or work out when I'm when we're in Austin. So we go work out, 
And then he said, hey, can I take a free headshots for your company? I think you guys would like it. There's no charge. I just thought you guys would appreciate it. Him asking that and doing free headshots has turned into, I pay him $2,000 a month to do videos for me. Oh, that's awesome. And so I think the the two things that were interesting there is that if you're trying to start a business and you're kind of shy or you don't want to ask for things, that that's a, that's kind of a skill you need to just practice. It's like a muscle yeah. you need to develop. But go offer things for free until you get too busy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one way, right? Like for someone start to start a headshot business, just go do it for free. And then yeah. you'll get too busy and then you'll eventually be like, well, I got to charge for this because I'm too busy. The second thing uh, that he did I thought was interesting is kind of figure out your angle. Mm. Right? Like your angle was like, hey, in this town, we are the family, we are the family photo people. So his yep. angle was like, I do photos of professional headshots for your LinkedIn or yeah. for your company about page. And I was yeah. like, it's a cool angle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I never carved it out. Yeah, for sure. And then I was going to refer them to other companies to go get their headshots taken. Yeah. So kinda, uh, and that's how it, and that's how it happens. All right. I mean, like that one thing that he decided to do. I mean, he, again, it was that moment, right? He, he bumped into you, asked you to go work out. You said, yes, you go work out. And then he starts talking about what he does and he, and he offers that for free for you. And now you refer people you know, to I refer business. people to him. And then I, I hired him to do my videos. And you, so and you hire, videos. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah hire 2000 a month. And, um, I think that, you know, it, it is amazing that he just uh, took that initiative to, to do it. I think it's like, you have to go for it and yeah. it's going to be a little weird at first, but eventually yeah. like you get better, it gets easier and then you keep growing. And, and, and you, you know, to me, you learn, you learn so much through those experiences. You learn what works, what doesn't work, what you like, what you don't like. And like you said, you, you kind of just kind of go through different, you know, different transitions and stuff. I, I love that. Um, all right. We, I wasn't expecting on going on this long with this, but we haven't even talked yet about like any of these other things. So let's just do that. Let's kind of wrap up with that. Let's, let's kind of go through like people, people that are just starting, especially people that are listening They're again, they're stuck. Like a lot of people are just, they're stuck. They don't want to risk. They don't want to go out there and, and launch a product or they think they have to spend thousands of dollars to launch products. And I've always told people, I mean, there's, there's simple ways of, uh, of testing and validating before you, you have to go out there and spend a ton of money. And I know that you've done some pretty cool little experiments and I want to, I want to drill into one of those. One of them is, is pretty funny. It's the sumo jerky. Um, and I want to talk about like, where did that come from? Okay. And you have it here, the results of a 24 hour business challenge. Like what the heck happened there? Like what, what makes you want to try to sell beef jerky and, uh, and kind of, you know, start this 24 hour challenge thing. So the, the backstory was that I, I created a course, which I won't even mention because I don't care if you guys buy it or not, but I created a course teaching people how I start businesses because to your point, everyone kept asking me, they're like, how'd you start AppSumo? How'd you start the games business? And I was like, well, just go buy this course. It's exactly what I do. Yeah. And what I realized, this is actually, I've never, I don't, I don't know if I've shared this yet, but the number one way we've ever sold the course was when I started this jerky business because then uh-huh. they actually believed Yes. That I, that they could do it. Not just like, here's a course and you're going to learn. It's like, no, yeah. let me prove it to you. Yeah. Uh, and so actually the way the jerky business started is I emailed the AppSumo mailing list, which is almost a million people. Oh my and God. I said, I'll start any business you guys want. Just choose it. Oh, wow. So they chose, it was basically three business options. I don't know why they were all food. Uh, and I couldn't use my network. So I couldn't use anything like I already have a you know decent following and I have sure. some attention. So the three business options were lemonade, hot sauce and jerky. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, fine, whatever. Um, and so I, I truly believe in it. And this has become more cemented as I've gotten older. I'm 35 is that I do think you just need to solve your own problems. Mm. I just think you need to solve and it doesn't have to be a problem. It could be just a solution to something that mm. doesn't exist that, that you want and yeah. solve yourself. Cause you always have one happy customer. That's right. And so 
I love jerky. Like if, you know, my cabinet right up here, like yeah. I have jerky, I eat yeah. jerky almost every day. Yeah. And it's easier for me to understand the customer. It's easier for me to understand the market. It's easier for me to do everything because I'm already kind of interested in it. And frankly, right, right. I would, I would buy this myself. Mm-hmm. And I think if you wouldn't buy it yourself, like probably not something you should do. And people always say, well, you know, well, I'm not a child, but I, so should I be making children's toys? Mm. And I'm like, no, honestly, probably not unless you have kids mm. or you're creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Well, the the one the one thing I would say to that, or if you had a partner that was in into that stuff, and yes. then you were able to kind of totally. tap into that you know expertise. But like you said, it's if you're just randomly doing it, then it's going to be harder for you to understand that customer. I think it's. Huge. I think so. And I'll tell you, man, I've been doing this for 17 years, and like I've started a lot of businesses, and every time I do one of these ones where it's like, hey, I've re- I heard about this podcast, and he just started an, an FBA business, and now he's rich, and he's in uh, Vietnam, mm. and it's awesome. It's like it always seems awesome, more awesome than it is. Mm. The grass always seems better, you know, greener than it is. Like everyone's business always seems bigger than it actually is. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's running more smoothly than it actually is. People are Mm -hmm. like, man, no, you guys are doing so. And it's like, actually we are doing really well. But, uh, the point is it's like, (laughs) things are never as easy as they seem. Yeah. There's Uh, there's still, you you still have struggles. It's not, you're not saying that there's not struggles. Yeah. Tons. So you have to figure a business that you want to struggle through. Right. You have to find a partner, like a wife that you want to struggle. Right. Um, and so the jerky business, I think the ta- so basically the challenge was I'll start any business 24 hours. I have to make a thousand dollars profit. I can't use my name, meaning I can't email my mailing list, which mm. I would have been able to do. Mm. So I think that there's a lot of major takeaways by it. Number one, the fact that I already built a mailing list or built an audience of people who trust me that I had access to is essential. So mm. I think for e-commerce stores, that's almost one of the stupidest things I see none of them do. And I'm like, you guys are all, I don't want to say the R word, but they're really stupid. I'm mm-hmm. like, why don't you collect email addresses and build a relationship, which mm-hmm. is the R word, oh, yeah. with your people so that oh, when yeah. you want to sell something, they trust you. It's like yeah. panhandling. How yeah. many people give how many people give panhandling people money? Very right. few. Right. But how many, if their brother or mother or sister or, or Scott hit them up, yep. would probably give them money? They'd be like, yeah, right. of course. Yeah. Well, what's the difference? The yeah. difference is the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was number one. Number two, I did an Excel model that was stupid simple. So you have to work backwards from your goal. I said, well, I need $1,000 profit. How much do I need to buy the jerky for? How much do I need to sell it for so I can hit my goal? Mm. And the, the amazing thing about doing the Excel sheet, it's not complicated. This is like, it's really stupid math. Even just do yeah. pen and paper. Yeah. What I realized was I couldn't sell it a pack at a time. I couldn't just sell jerky for $20 and make 10. Like I'd have to sell a lot of freaking jerky. Yeah. So the only way I could do it is if I made it a subscription and I made okay. people prepay. Okay. So like, hey, buy three months of it or buy six months of it. So that was one insight. So I think to your point, look for things that you can f- like that could work. And then yeah. I'm going to do more of that. So I looked at I was like, I have to sell subscriptions because one uh, why one won't work. The second thing that was insightful about it was that I was like, well, who would buy this that I can sell a lot to? And I was like, you know, who would buy a lot from offices? Mm. Right. I was like, well, offices yeah. have budgets for food. Yeah. And you know, they're already spending money like for them to spend a hundred dollars on jerky for their people, especially if it's premium jerky, uh, would be easy. So this is before I did anything. And a, a question that people always asked afterwards, I was surprised with this. Like, where'd you find the jerky? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't give a frick. I don't know if you swear <laughs> in your podcast. I'll try not to. But my point with it was that finding the jerky is the easy part. Getting people to give me money is the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same with all physical products and even digital products is that yeah. everyone's like, well, How'd you build it? And I'm like, building it is the easy part. Sitting on my at home is mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. Going out and asking people for money, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do the hard part first, and then the other parts become easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the, I think so. The one of my favorite quotes is like the harder you work, the easier life gets. And so, yeah, I worked my, I, I went and did the hard stuff. So I didn't worry about getting the jerky. I figured if I could get $4,000 in, in revenue and a thousand in profit, I could go to a jerky person and say, I have a thousand dollars for you or $3,000 for you. Can you ship jerky to these people? And they would say, yes. Mm-hmm. So it's easier if you already have that money to go do that. So let me ask you though this question. So, okay. So how did you pre-sell the, the jerky, you knew that was coming. Uh, how, how did you pre-sell the jerky without having the product to show them like, this is premium and it's got these certain, you know, blends of the seasoning and like, how did you sell it without having it? So in one, it's actually funny. I'm doing a podcast episode today about this. Uh, it's called the dream 100. So it's a Chet Holmes tactic and I love it. I think what happens with a lot of online businesses is people pray and hope for Amazon miracles. Mm-hmm. It's like Christmas. They're like Annika, uh, Amazon will be Santa Claus. Like if I put it up there, oh, Timmy, it'll just be some magical sales will just start coming. Yeah. And I don't believe in hope. Yeah. And so what I did is I made a list of every person I believed would be interested, is interested in healthy living or exercises and they would probably buy jerky. Uh, and so I just made a list of them. And then okay. I literally just went through the, that list of people. Um, so here's a few things I did to, to make the sales and I'll just go through ones that I think are interesting. So what a lot of, so number one, I don't just put it up somewhere and hope it works. I guarantee mm-hmm. it works. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, that's great. Now I didn't waste a bunch of money and time. Sure. So I went and I made a list of a hundred people and I was okay. like, all right, well, these people will probably buy it. Let me hit them up. Uh, so I did that. And actually a lot of them didn't buy, which was great. So mm-hmm. I hit up my brother and he said, no, I hit up my mother. She said, no. Um, but what you do is every time you get a rejection, a rejection is a free referral. That's the way mm-hmm. I look at it. So when I got rejected by him, I was like, well, who's someone you think that likes jerky? And so like our, the recruiter at Sumo was actually referred by someone that, uh, didn't want to work with us. They, I think they liked their job. And so like, well, this girl's actually really great. So every time I get rejected, I always ask for referral. Second thing is don't do passive activities. So I did, uh, a lot of people will post it and be like, well, I don't know, maybe anybody would want this. It's like, that's passive, be Mm. active. So I went out, uh, and did a few things. I went to Facebook groups that I'm very active in for healthy living. And I just said to like, Hey, does anyone want jerky in these? Mm. Like I'm starting a jerky business. Like can, does anyone want to buy? It's 20 bucks a month. Does anyone want to pre-sell? And so a, a few people were like, yeah. And I was like, I can't believe they're actually doing it. And that's actually also, <laughs> as I started realizing the one by one sales are very inefficient. Mm. Um, so then I started, this is kind of the, I think one of the more creative ones. I looked at the people that I already pay every month as a service provider that had oh. offices. So all okay. of my friends worked at a company. So I was like, all my friends work at companies and I pay all these other people that work at companies. Like I pay for Stripe and I pay for yeah. email provider. I was like, what if I just hit up the people that are already, I'm already giving money to that know me and be like, Hey, you have an office. Can I just like talk to your office manager? So I think the two takeaways are look, I think that there's two major takeaways. Number one, look for who you already have access to. I think a lot of times in business, we want we make it harder than it actually has to be. Hmm. We're like, Oh, I got to go. Like, hopefully this ad will go to this landing page. We'll go to this other thing. And then a miracle happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I never like spending money on ads until I know that I'm going to make money. Meaning mm-hmm. that like, unless I know that there's a profit margin available for advertising, I won't advertise. Mm-hmm. So number one, look for the people already in your network or look for the people they know in their network. So that's number one. And number two, what was really appealing was I, um, I, I did calls and texting. So I think that was actually kind of surprising. Cause like, I think it's very lazy to send an email, like, mm-hmm. like even getting on the show, Scott, like yeah. I didn't have an assistant do it. I didn't like just right. randomly, I like, I persisted and I was like, well, how do I make it good for Scott? 
Mm. How do I make it something Scott's excited to have me on? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can talk about these stories I think people will enjoy. So I think calling and texting and being very proactive made a huge difference uh, in the success of people actually saying, no, I don't want it or yes. And they had to decide right then uh, versus kind of emailing and waiting. Because uh, I think the last and there's probably other few good examples, but uh, takeaways. But I think that the last thing is I limited my time. So I'd call people and be like, hey, I'm, I'm selling the jerky. It's only available today. Yeah. Right. Right. And because and I think what happens in business and I notice this for myself, I keep reminding myself is that the more time you give yourself, the more excuses you'll make. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. So the fact that I only had 24 hours, I remember this, dude, it was so interesting. I was on the Stairmaster <laughs> and it was like six o'clock the day before it started. So it was 6 p.m. And I was like, dude, this is going to be cake. I'm, and I was like, I can't use any of my network. I can't use any of the things I already have access, like my email list and uh, my Twitter and social media kind of stuff. But I, and I was like, ah, oh, it's going to be easy. And I'm on the Stairmaster joking about it. And then I literally woke up at midnight kind of like paranoid. And I was like, I've only got 24 hours. And if I fail, this is going to be pretty publicly embarrassing. Yeah, and I, yeah. I still fail a lot. Like failing yeah. is going to happen. And I think yeah. you have to practice your fail muscle. Like you have yeah. to get the fail muscle so strong that you're like, dude, let me just keep going. I'll keep going. Yeah. And uh, I remember we can have a midnight and being like, all right, cool. Like this is scary. Let me get to it. Yeah. And uh, it, limiting that time was one of the key things that I think most people, if you limit the time, like you'll actually increase the creativity. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, like I'm building a WordPress plugin. Like, so for okdork.com, like I, I, I built this email capture thing that I want and that's what sumo.com does too. So everyone mm-hmm. go grab, grab email list, go use sumo.com. Uh, but for my personal site, I, I also built just like a new feature that maybe will roll into sumo. And the developer, I was like, dude, we should just give this away for free. And, uh, and he's like, okay. And I was like, I'm like, hey, when do you think it should be done? He'll be like, oh, two weeks. And I was like, well, what would be different if you had to do it by tomorrow? <laughs> right. And he's like, well, I, he's like, well, I wouldn't make it pretty. I wouldn't make it this. I wouldn't make it that. And I was like, yeah, let's just do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I was like, let's just get it done. And then and <laughs> That's from great. there, we can actually make improvements. I'm sure yes. there's like some Mike Tyson quote or some patent quote about, you know, planning and execution. But the point is, is that like, uh, I've spent a lot of time and money in my life wasted. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Like I've built businesses where I've spent a lot on lawyers and a lot on developers and a lot on the domain and all this other, sh- other crap. Mm. But then actually seeing if people wanted it, um, was the, which is the most important thing I spent the little amount of time on. So I try to just do that. I, what I generally recommend to people is 48 hours, three paying customers. Mm. And if you could do that, you can go and then probably get more customers. But if you can't do that in 48 hours, it's not going to get easier. Mm. Uh, and I don't like the mentality of like, let me just put it on Amazon and kind of hope like randomly sales come in and like, you know, I just bought this course. And so that person said to, you know, look on Alibaba and just put it up there. Um, because everyone else can do that too. Mm. And so go and validate it yourself, do a little bit of the hard work and then go, you know, then keep iterating and growing and making it you know easier on yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we've kind of talked about here too. It's like, you know, yeah, there's, there's easier ways to get that product to market. Um, you know, wholesale. I mean, you, obviously you could wholesale it. If you went to Alibaba or AliExpress, you, you're, you're testing out the product, but like you said, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a unique twist of some kind and, or a different use. Let's say that, let's say, for example, you did find that generic thing, but it's, it's not used for this, but you're using it for this now. Um, totally. so, you know, that would be another spin on it versus just saying it's another, we always use garlic press because, you know, no one wants to really say their products in the Amazon space because then everybody will start, you know, 
going after each other and all that fun stuff. So we always use garlic press. So let's just say you had a garlic press, but if that garlic press was used for crushing, you know, something for your garden for seeds or something, well, it's now it's a different spin. So you have a different angle. You have to come up with a unique spin of some kind. Um, but I always tell people, even if you did go that route, it, do something like learn the process, whether you buy something that you're going to put up there and you're just going to see if it sells whether it's Amazon, eBay, or any other marketplace, or even just your own website and didn't drive traffic, you still are further ahead than thinking about doing it. Oh, you know what I mean? Preach. So well, many people I'm gonna do give, that. I'm going to give everyone, like this is, I'm going to, I don't know, I think others have mentioned it, but this is a business. I'll give everyone this business idea. If you're like, and every, a lot of people, I don't have a business idea. I don't have a product. I don't, I'm like, yeah. I will give it to you. I'm going to give everyone the exact solution. And yeah. literally, it's not fluff. So I have a bunch of shit at home. Yeah. And I literally just throw it away or I just like put it outside and I'm yeah. like, I hope someone takes it. Yeah. So I literally think there is an enormous opportunity to just hit up your friends, like get on your phone. If you're listening to this on your podcast, like on your phone right now, yeah. get on your phone and text five friends or just text one. Hey, can you give me, put everything you want to sell or just donate in the corner and I'll take care of it for you and I'll give you money. Mm-hmm. And then you go pick up their stuff. Like Scott, you have a bunch yeah. of stuff in your house. I can yep. see stuff in the back. Yep. I'm yep. sure you have a pile of books and a pile yep. of electronics and then text them. Be like, let me come pick it up. I pick it up for you. And then yep. I go sell it on eBay or Amazon. And that is a great way to start. You can literally start that business today. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I don't know why people aren't doing that. Cause I have, I just need yeah. to get rid of like, I actually had to pay someone to take my stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was it, like, just, it's funny that you say, it's funny that you say that. Um, there's actually, uh, I told you we have like a little, a little, uh, it's a small course that we, we do just to get people started. We call it the 1k fast track. And basically the very first kickoff call that we do is cleaning out your house and selling it on eBay. Yes. And, yes. and literally and do that for your friends. Well, the, exactly. Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. The first one we did, we did a beta group. Again, we always do, we, we practice what we preach. We did a 50 person beta group. We filled that in six minutes when we sent out an email. We got those people through and the very first week, those people in seven days, they made $3,500 in, in revenue they brought in, right? So now all of a sudden they're believers, right? Because now we've taken them from where, I don't know if this thing can work to, oh my gosh, I've got cash coming in. And we actually, we just started another group right now. It's fresh. We just did the kickoff call last Saturday. And I just looked in the group. There's already been about $600 created in cash that they, they literally, they listed the stuff that they found in their house because we told them to do it. And they had till next Saturday to report it. And we also gave them a little incentive that said, whoever has the most earnings, we'll give them a hundred bucks. I love it. I so, love it. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just way. like how to kick, how to give a little bit of a kick in the butt is what we sometimes need in a time frame. Totally, man. I mean, I, so yeah, that was that with that. I did another one, like two other stories I think people would be interested in. So I did the same thing with gum. I chew a lot of gum. Yeah. Tell me about that. And, well, I chew a lot of gum and I was at a gum store and I was frustrated. So I think solve your own problem. So I was frustrated that there's not new flavors out. Yeah. I like, I love so trying you made flavors. your own flavor. Yeah. Well, so I basically was like, well, what would be a cool flavor? I was like coffee flavor to be cool. And if it had caffeine, so instead yeah. of having coffee in the morning, you just pop some gum or before the gym. And so I was like, let me see if people will buy it. So I hit up my friends who drink coffee. I hit up three of them. I was like, hey, give me $10 and I'll make coffee gum for you. And they're like, sure. So they gave me money. And then literally the kit's up here. I'll show it to you. Um, One second. So I have this. I'm just pulling it out. So literally (laughs) you can see all this stuff. Oh, yeah, I see. Um, So what I did is I sold it. So I kind of thought there'd be some interest in it. And then uh, one second. Uh, I basically, I hit up a friend who likes cooking and I was like, Hey, do you think you can just figure out how to make coffee gum? Cause I don't really want to make it. Uh, but I want it. 
Yeah. And she's like, sure, I'll make it. And so she actually figured it out. She went on Amazon and then there's a company called Glee Gum who okay. sells a gum kit. Okay. So she bought Glee gum. She bought coffee ground and caffeine powder and then mixed it together and then like wrapped it in a parchment paper. Oh and I gave gosh. that out in a Ziploc bag. It's kind of like a drug dealer, but I gave it out in a Ziploc <laughs> bag. And the people were like, yo, this is pretty good. Here's what I would change about it. Like the size was too large. I think it was not sweet enough. And then so she gave, I went back and gave her that feedback. Okay. And that's how it goes. I mean, I yeah. think people are looking to, people are looking to short, like sidestep or shortcut it. Yeah. But I think part of it is like, it, part of the fun and enjoyment is the hard part. It's like the process of like getting that going. Yeah, um, it really is. It really is. One other, it's funny. One, can I do one other story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do one more. That's, it, that'd be cool. I think your people really love it. Uh, so a buddy of mine, his name is Dustin. He is a fitness freak. He's got a great body. That sounds, it's kind of weird for another guy to say that about another guy. <laughs> um, but Dustin, I don't want a microphone to fall out. Oh man, it's back. It's but too far in the back. But anyway, so Dustin goes to the gym a lot and he was frustrated with always having to like bring his like protein bottle. Okay. So what he did, uh, and I'll talk about the marketing cause I actually think the marketing is going to be more helpful for your people. But basically the short answer was that he realized that like bringing protein to the gym is a pain in the butt. So he, he created his own disposable bags. Like he went on Alibaba and he found disposable bags that you could put protein powder in and then okay. bring it to the gym, fill it with water, shake it, drink it, and then throw it away. Okay. And, and there's always that one listener. What about recycling? Like it's recyclable. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so the point right. though is two things. One, I think him just getting it going is great. I actually gave him the money for it. He's like, I don't okay. have the cash. I was like, I don't want to return. I'm not giving, I don't want any, any yeah. equity. Here's like, I think I gave him like a thousand bucks to go build them. Okay. And so, uh, what was interesting about it is a few different things. So I'll talk about some of the marketing things that have worked well. Um, but I think him getting going is, is really important. And then secondly, so number one, get going. Number two, iterate the product. So yeah. as people are using the product, now we can actually be like, hey, you know, it's really not gym people. It's like more, I actually started using it for traveling because okay. I can bring this plastic bag, fill it with water on an airplane, or yeah, you can yeah. use it as a flask while camping because it's really light. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting, I think for him and I think where he'll be more successful and I don't think it's doing, it's not doing amazing. He sells a hundred dollars a week. So people are like, oh, you know, it starts there. Every business yeah, starts somewhere. Exactly. Hey, that's, I, I think it's people miss that. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Number one, get started. Number two, iterate. So now he's like, all right, well, what are people, who are the people using it and how do I serve them better? So mm. the ceiling is not good. The bag size could be larger. Figure out the person and then keep improving it for them. And then some of the marketing that he's done that's worked really well, he's collected emails and I see a lot of e-commerce people not doing this. They oh, don't control too. their own fate. Yep. I'm like, control your own fate. Have direct, it's like, Scott, I'm guessing you want to talk to your wife directly. You don't want to talk through mm -hmm. a third party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That wouldn't go over so well. No, but for some reason with e-com, all these people are super excited not to ever talk to their wives. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so he's done three things that I thought were interesting. He did surveying, and that's actually a way that he learned about his customer and made sales. So okay. after his surveys, he would be like, you know, where do you normally hear about these products for, uh, how did you, how do you like using it? And at the end of the survey, he'd actually give a discount. I love it. And so it was a way of learning about his customers. And that actually is one of his highest ways of converting people. So number one, surveying. Number two, opening up international sales. So when he actually said, hey, I can ship internationally, it increased the sales a lot. And the third th third and fourth thing is reaching out directly, as we talked mm -hmm. about, like mm -hmm. reaches out one by one. So he has a quota each day of how many people he's reaching out to. Uh, and the fourth thing with that is repeat buying. So he actually goes, your best customers are your existing. So he goes back to his customers every month and been like, hey, do you want to buy this again? And if people aren't selling things like that, see if you can sell them something else. Yeah, something uh, that's related to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So everyone's yeah. trying to reinvent the wheel. Just like you already have people that love you. Just serve them mm. better.
Yeah. No, I, I love all that. And especially you hitting on, you know, building out your prospect list and your customer list. I mean, that's gold to me. It's like, um, for you to be able to leverage that list later and not just sell them stuff, but it's kind of like, you know, you're going to give them value. And, you know, like you said, if you're in the jerky, you know, you could, you could come up with some really creative stuff to, to basically give those people that isn't even your product. It could just be like, you know, showing someone eating it because it's really hot and you know you've seen that you know they posted it on instagram or they posted it on youtube of them eating it and seeing how hot it really is and you can say oh you know so and so john smith he you know tried some of our hot jerky and he videoed himself on youtube you got to go check this out it's amazing and then you can put a, something in your ps if you wanted to you know oh and we've got 25 percent off this week or something like there's all little things you can do but you don't get to do that if you don't have that connection And so many people think that it's got to be through a Facebook post or it's got to be through an Instagram post. To me, it's about doing it through that communications through an email. And then, yes, you can still follow up with them through Facebook or do retargeting or any of that stuff. But, man, oh, man, people just they they don't look at the email as as being valuable or they think it's too complicated, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are like, I think what they hear or what I, I think they hear is that like, oh, you just create an email. It's like, it sounds like it comps out of magic. Like you create this email list and it just like prints money for you. And, but I think the question is like, how do you do it? Yeah. The point is like literally an email list is like, just get 10 people and email them through Gmail. Yeah. That is called an email list. That's it. Then if you want to get more fancy, you know, get up, go on MailChimp. It's free for your first yep. 2000 subscribers yep. Yep. and just manually enter them. So like, it's funny with my podcast, I literally, it's funny as you, you might think, oh, Noah's got a lot of followers and I've got a mailing list. So yeah. I still, when I meet people one by one, like at lunch today, I'm like, Hey, are you subscribed to my podcast? No. Can you get out your phone and do it right now? Yeah. Yeah. And one by one, I'm still yeah. doing it to hit my goal. Yeah. So I, that's I think awesome. people want to, people want to skip the hard work around that. No, it's, it's true. It's everybody wants the shortcut, you know, it's, you know, to me, it's, the, it's all about the hard work, you know, it is, man. I, I mean, I think there's blueprints like as your course is like to get to somewhere faster because you've already gone through it. So yep. I think you should look for courses of someone that you believe in or look for mentors or experts that you could pay for to shortcut things. But at the same time, like you, you can't go and get a great body without doing the work. Right. Right. Like it's like, Oh, I went to the, and you can't go to the gym one day and expect a six pack. Right. Right. Like people are like, yeah, of course. But for the business, we think otherwise we're like, well, I worked out one day. Why don't I, why am I not rich? Some, sometimes it's just the kickstart too. It's funny. Um, you know, I was, you know, I'm 44. I was, when I was 40, I was in really good shape. I got, you know, I got into you know, the beach body products. I did insanity with Sean oh, T. Oh dude, it's so yeah. good. at Yeah. Sean Crazy. T. Crazy. Right. So do anything for 15 seconds. Yeah. So I basically did that. I got really in shape. My kids were saying, Oh dad, you're looking ripped to this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, this is cool. You know? And then I fell off the wagon. Like a lot of people, I fell off and I got, you know, extra 20 pounds on me and stuff. And um, just recently, my 18 year old son again, he said, dad, you got to get, you got to get back into it, man. You got to start, you got to go back and do some beach body stuff. And I'm like, nah, I got it. I can do it in the gym. You know, I'm, I'm my own motivator. And I go, you know what? He's right. I got to get back in a program. And so I went and I did T25. I just did that one. And that was, um, that's his latest one. Yeah. And that was awesome. It's 25 minutes a day, uh, five days a week. And, uh, who can't do 25 minutes a day. Right. So I did that. I got my diet, you know, dialed back in. I lost 20 pounds in 60 days, man. And I'm back to where I was and I'm probably going to be even better moving forward because I'm working out now with weights and stuff. But I needed that that plan. I needed that in 60 days. This is what you need to do every day. There's something to do. Right. It's like you have that blueprint. And I knew what I had to do, but I needed something to kind of guide me um, back and get back on track again. And now I'm dialed in. Now you can't even derail me because I'm just so locked in. You know, I do want to highlight this because I, I think. Well, a few different things, but I think people miss the fundamentals and the foundation of life. Mm. So what I mean by that is that like, get your health together, get yeah. your 
bedroom together and get yep. your like tools together. Meaning like yeah. I have like I spend a lot of time. I sleep eight hours and that's my foundation yeah. for the day. So get a yeah. good bed. Yep. You, like if you're on your computer all day, get a good computer. That's your foundation. Yep. And then your body, like if you're tired or if you're not like in good health, it's going to be hard to work when you're dead. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be hard yeah. to like enjoy yeah. life if you're not like healthy and, and, and people are like, yeah, whatever. But I, I think if people just go for a walk or exercise a little bit and then yep. build it up, they realize like how much that will actually like spill over into their business, into their personal life. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, hey, man, this has been awesome. And I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah, I I had no idea where this was going to go, but it went really, really well. And um, I'm sure we'll have to have you back on in the future again and just kind of hear all the different things that you're doing because you're you're, you're moving 100 miles an hour, too, which I love. Um, but, uh, yeah, just want to say thank you once again. Uh, no, this has been, this has been fantastic. Any last little bits of parting, uh, piece of advice and, uh, maybe let people know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I put some notes of things that I thought that I've been, I mean, I'll just repeat because I think sometimes we're looking for new things, but it's the existing things. So for anyone running a business, go look at what worked in your business in the beginning that you're not doing anymore Mm. and go back and do more of what worked. I think that's one thing. That's two, big. Yeah. I think we're always looking for new things, but I'm like, what's worked well in the past? Like, so for like for sumo.com, like content's worked really well. Mm. Why don't we just do more content? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, so figure out what's working, what worked, do more of it and then be aggressive in killing it. So like for my blog, okay, Dorker for my YouTube channel, I removed over 50% of my content and like, actually I'm doing, um, an e-commerce review with, uh, you know, e-commerce fuel. You know oh guys? yeah. 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 Actually yeah, I, so- I met with him, uh, last year at Steve Chu's event. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew. so Andrew's, yeah. yeah. So one of his customers, this is one of the things. So number one, do more of what's working. And if you're not sure what's working, just go look back what you did six months ago or 12 months ago. Yeah. yeah. Number two, we're, we're doing like a review of an e-commerce business. And what's been interesting is this guy has 10 products. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things where everyone's gonna be like, I know that Noah, shut up. Yeah. But <laughs> the guy has 10 products. Three of the products make 85% of his revenue. And I'm like, why are you selling the other products? Yeah. And so focusing on the essentials is do more of those three and remove the distractions. So for my blog uh, and for YouTube, I killed off almost 80% of my content because when I want, when people come to my restaurant, I want every dish to be great. Mm. And if people come to your website, your e-commerce store and like, yeah, they only buy it, but you know, we get a few sales out of this one. If you remove that, every dish will be great. And then they'll want more dishes from you. Mm. Uh, So those are my two kind of things I want people to, that's what I'm thinking about. I want to encourage everyone to think about in their, uh, in their business. If people want to learn more about me at Noah Kagan presents podcast or okdork.com, uh, the two businesses I run, they're free. You don't have to pay anything. AppSumo.com is a group on for geeks. So if you want tools to grow your business, we promote them with deals every week. Okay. And sumo.com, uh, is a free tool to grow your email list. So go check that out if you want to grow your email list. Cool. Yeah, no, you've got some really, really cool tools and, and great, uh, great products out there in the marketplace. And, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about you. So it's been really awesome to be able to sit yeah. down and, and, and have a, have a chat with you and, and hopefully we Same. can meet some person one day, you know, this would be cool. Where, where are you going to be this year? I'm not sure to find you. You know, I'm not even a hundred percent sure where I'm going to be, but the one I am going to be is seller summit. That's Steve Chu's event. That's in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. I'll be there okay. in May. Um, so we're going to be there. And, um, I, I got a couple that I might be hitting, um, but, uh, not a hundred percent sure yet, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be around. I'll, I mean, you know, maybe you and I'll have to chat. We'll see where we're going to be and maybe we can hook That'd up. That'd be cool. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right, man. So this has been awesome. Uh, again, have an awesome day there, Noah. Thank you so much, brother. Sure. And I appreciate it. Same here, man. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that was really, really awesome. And, uh, yeah, it went on longer than I expected, but you guys could see there were so many twists and turns and just a great conversation. And you know, what's really cool is when you end the actual recording of this podcast, when you have a guest on and your guest says, wow, 
that was a lot of fun. That was really cool. That makes me feel like, you know what? We connected on a personal level, on a business level, and we delivered some value. So hopefully you guys got value from that. I would assume that you would because there was a lot of golden nuggets in there. And you may even want to go back and listen to that one again because like I said, I mean, Noah is a smart guy. He's been in this business world for a very long time. And uh, yeah, he's just got a great track record and he's willing to share. And he's also not saying you got to go out there and build these big companies to start with. He's talking about the MVP model, the minimal viable product is as far as like how to go out there and listen to your market and, you know, offer a product, but then get them to vote with their wallets. And, and really that can happen on Amazon as well, as we talk about here a lot on this podcast, or just even running a Facebook ad to a landing page that could get people to sign up for a special that you're going to be offering in the future. That could be a way to test and validate. Like there's a whole bunch of different ways. Again, we talked about a ton here and I'm not going to uh, carry on here too much because this went a little bit longer than I expected, but I would definitely recommend you checking out Noah's stuff and I'll link everything up on the show notes. The transcripts can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 342. And the other thing I'm going to do is include the video of us actually having this conversation. So that'll be found there as well. Guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. I want to remind you once again that I'm here for you. I believe in you and I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.